welcome to the AXPX Diaries. Now, this is something I've been thinking about doing and terrified to do because this is basically me just sitting in my office talking to all of you. I did this when I first started this podcast up. If you listen to uh, Season 1, Episode 1, and Introduction, it's basically me telling you guys my story for about an hour. And uh, I feel like a lot's changed since then. I think I've become a different person. I was very confused at the time. And a lot of questions used the show to really parse through a lot of dialogue with people, a lot of ideas, and... Um, a lot of anger, and I'm at a, a, a different space now. I mean, I still consider myself, hmm, I don't know, I still lean the lines of agnostic, but I find a lot of value in the teaching of Jesus. Still do not, you know, I still don't identify with Christian as, I guess, the Western religious term, right? Western Christianity conservative Christian, uh, evangelical Christian, although some evangelical Lutherans will beg to differ, (laughs) of course. So this, uh, this little thing that you patrons are hearing hopefully is something for me to kind of re-trigger how to dialogue again and parse through ideas again. And because the main show, as it stands now, is me collecting a lot of conversations, a lot of interviews, hearing from other people and what they believe, and editing a show, you know, based around that, which is a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with the season. I hope that the extra time that I'm putting into editing really is something that adds to the show. I hope these are more re listenable than previous episodes. So that's the goal for for moving on here. But for the AXPX Diaries here, this will be stream of consciousness, uh, me going through certain ideas and and stumbling through some things. And the hope is I'm processing stuff that will, you know, make it into one of the main podcast shows. So you guys are kind of getting the behind the scenes of me parsing through some things. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Hope it's worth your dollar a month. <laughs> My whole goal is to make this worth uh, you guys spending money on this show. So this week, uh, my boys asked Jesus into their hearts. If you'd have told me this, you know. Maybe two or three years ago, I probably would have had some smart-ass comment to say or um, had nothing much to say about it or even think about it. My wife was in the car with, with the boys, Noah, who's four, Jacob, who's nine, and they asked Jesus into the heart. And I'm going to read what my wife texted me, the story, and uh, I actually think it's pretty special. So I'll dive into that here after I read this. So this is my wife texting me. Awaken 
The song A Vision of You by Shane and Shane automatically came on in my car. Normally I'm rushing and late to get the kids to school, but this morning we were on time. Noah asks me when the people will come down from the sky. I told him when Jesus returns, he asked me if Jesus was is in heaven, and I said yes. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Then I said, only the ones who, that have Jesus in their hearts will hear the trumpet sound. Jacob asked me if he had Jesus in his heart. I said, yes, but have you asked Jesus in your heart? He said he didn't know. I said, well, all you have to do is say a prayer and ask him. He said, really? I started praying and he repeated after me. Then he ran off to school. My heart was filled with joy and my eyes filled up with tears. Then I asked Noah, do you want Jesus in your heart? He said yes and prayed after me too. And she says, uh, what a special morning for the kids. They are so sweet and full of hope. I love them. She also mentioned, I didn't force them to do anything, just so you know. <laughs> I think she was expecting some sort of, uh, like I said, smart-ass comment or, or something. I shared with her that I've actually thought that it was a uh, it was very special when when I was young and I I you know asked Jesus in my heart based out of fear and condemnation you know I felt like it wasn't the promise of heaven that got me to say a prayer it was the condemnation of hell that forced me to say this prayer I really I would I you know, ask Jesus in my heart and then uh, a week later I would you know swear or do something and and wonder if I was good enough if I was going to go to hell still and I would pray again and it would, I would repeat you know over and over again I feel I feel like I accepted Jesus every year at summer camp so to have you know have the boys just do this out of just you know something special and realizing that um, you know yeah, it's their ticket to heaven in a sense, but it's it's just a way for them to connect, I think, with God and and open that part of their heart up and be open to spirituality, which to me I think is a, is a, is a good thing. Like I said, two years ago I probably would have you know had something different to say or more negative to say, but that leads me to kind of my next you know little topic of discussion is about. You know my my journey and and how this this podcast has changed and how I've changed. If if you're expecting like an atheist podcast, right? Like this isn't it. I listened to a lot of atheist podcasts when I was going through my shit, and uh, like there was a mean spiritedness and a self righteousness that a lot of these podcasts had, and they weren't interested in pursuing hope I guess like they were very content with not believing at all and letting everyone know how much they didn't believe and it for me it was just would always bring me to a dark place that lack of hope in something greater you know and you can look to science all you want but science can only go so far so even someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson will say that science can only go so far and, and, 
in science is constantly growing and shifting and changing, which is good. I love science. I think it's important. But for me, there's always been that thing in my soul, you know, that you separate, you know, that separates, you know, humans, right, from animals and and there's just something extra, something special, and there is something bigger than us that I can't deny. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm sure that'll I'm sure that that'll change. But my frustrations, I think, still are with organized religion, um, the mainstream Christianity that's perpetuating the United States right now. Um, these evangelicals, you know, backing Trump <laughs> and not apologizing and not, you know, saying that hey, there's something wrong with this, the message this guy has, like having them all fall in line behind such a megalomaniac has been very frustrating to me and and them wanting to be a part of tearing apart the message of what it means to be an American the true mesh the true message so that's been my that's my main frustration with mainstream Christianity and I pulled out more books and everything and trying to read more and and I in my conversation with David Bazan, you'll hear this, and that's coming in a couple of weeks, but I expressed kind of my frustration that uh, <clears throat> that I feel like mainstream Christianity has lost the message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus, of grace, of love, and hope is a life-changing thing. And that's what I want my kids to pursue, Right? And that's why I'm, you know, them asking Jesus in their heart is, for me, is fine because I want them to pursue Jesus and what goes along with that, unconditional love and grace. So if they pursue that and they don't get wrapped up in all this mainstream Christianity, am I good enough, um, flee from sin, um, Am I doing the right thing? What's sin? What isn't sin? You know, what word, what, how can it work? Where's the line that I can go to to kind of skirt the line <laughs> before it becomes sinful, right? That's those are the tricks you learn growing up in, uh, in kind of a mainstream conservative Christian household. So I have a couple books and I'm going to read a passage from one of them. Um, these have helped me really kind of get to the bottom of. Jesus' teachings and the teachings of the Gospels, the New Testament. And one's called The Restored New Testament. It's uh, by Willis Barnstone. And it says it's a new translation with commentary, including the Gnostic Gospels, Thomas, Mary, and Judas. But it's it's translated strictly, I believe, from the Greek and the Aramaic. And they use Greek and Aramaic names. Yes, uh, Jesus is called Yeshua in this. It's really good, and reading it from the translation, I feel like someone with a grasp of the knowledge, there's a lot of doctrine, I think, that goes by the wayside. The other one I have is called, it's just called the New Testament, uh, translated by Richmond Lattimore, and what I found interesting in this, and I've just started cracking this open and reading it, is there's the, the verse, I don't have it in front of me. Um, in the Bible where he lists all these sins, right? And 
like they don't necessarily say the word sin, and this is a direct translation from the Greek by this um, by this man Richmond Lattimore. I believe he was a ling- uh, linguistics professor or something like that. Um, yeah, he was a professor of Greek at Brian Marr. Um, so he wrote this back in the sixties. It's really good. Something you should, if you're interested in pursuing the Bible and trying to get something that's not <laughs> regulated by by a theologist, a certain specific theology or doctrine, it's very very good. So I, I I noticed in what I was reading, the word sin was not used, and it was more of you know more of it. You will not reach your potential, right? Like things like that. But I found this section like, and he sections it out in the order that the books were, as far as the order of uh, how old they are, which uh, Mark is actually the oldest book in the Bible. Not, 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 well, New Testament, I should say. Not, not talking about the Jewish Bible here. But, um, so what the thought is in Bible translation is that a lot of the scribes and a lot of people translating, or or a lot of people writing the newer Gospels, because there's decades between each one, took a lot from Mark, repurposed it for their audience. So it's this is written or sectioned off in the order of uh you know the order of, of them being written. Pretty cool. So this what I'm gonna read here and is from Mark. Um it's Mark chapter twelve. I don't have the specific verses because he doesn't really section them off like a normal Bible. And it treats it more like a book. It makes for some really interesting reading, like really good. So this is coming in, uh, these Sadducees, which are, you know, very similar to like with the Pharisees or whatever, very traditionalist um, Jews at the time. A lot like, I look at the Sadducees and Pharisees a lot like the mainstream Christian conservatives right now, especially the ones involved with politics, right? Um, where it's a lot of works. And so they, they were trying to trick Jesus or get him, you know, uh, get him to answer some sort of question about the resurrection and what will happen if a man dies and his brother has to come in and, and marry the wife and, and take care of the children and all that. They were asking Jesus a question. I'm not going to get into that. You can read that for yourself. But then we come in here and I'm going to read this, uh, read this for you here. Then one of the scribes who had listened to their discussion and knew that he had answered them well came to him and asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your spirit and all your mind and all your strength. This is the second. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, Master, what you said is true, that he is one and there is no other but he, and to love him with all the heart and all the understanding and all strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is worth more than all the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And Jesus, perceiving that he had answered intelligently, said, You are not far from the kingdom of God, and no one dared question him after that. I mean, that's the 
the gospel message, right? I mean, <laughs> is it really that simple? <laughs> so when I say I'm a follower of Jesus, right? Like, I don't, have, don't identify myself as a Christian. That, the, that word, as of now, has way too much baggage. But when I say that I am a follower of Jesus, I mean, that boils it down right there. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, love, love the Lord your God. Jesus didn't give any rules, regulations, <laughs> didn't give a crap about <laughs> this person's sexual orientation, uh, their sexual preference. None of that. So that to me is pretty profound. And that's the one foundation I believe that I always have when thinking about spirituality and 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 where I fit in, right? There's a lot of good in the gospels and I want to get more some more like actual theologians and scholars on and the podcast and talk to them about this stuff. Cause I'm not. <laughs> I'm an armchair philosopher, okay? <laughs> Someone once gave me shit about being about calling myself an armchair philosopher because I didn't know very much about philosophy. And I told him I was like, that's the whole point. And I guess a lot of times it's used in a negative connotation. Armchair. You're just an armchair philosopher. But it's totally what I am. And I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> but I do want to get more scholars and educators on here to really lock into you know more of what the bible is you know is it i don't i don't believe it's word for word you know directly from god i believe there's a lot of good in there there's a lot of really great stories and and ideas and you kind of have to find those in the midst of the text because it was written by humans flawed humans there's a lot of flawed ideas in the new testament the Old Testament is a whole different story. That's a whole other conversation and idea and something I do want to get into. It's fascinating. But once I kind of tore all that down and read the Bible kind of for what it is, it's, to me it has a lot more value and a lot more meaning. And I get a, I actually love reading this stuff now. So, so that's where I guess where I stand with Christianity. I think I feel like, like that passage... In Mark, Mark chapter 12, um, to me, really moved me in, in a positive direction. Because I could still be pursuing this negatively, right? I could still be drinking a little too much, um, angry, and not wanting to discuss this stuff at all with anyone. And at, at this point, I'm really excited to actually, I'm going to church on Sunday. So, um, I always just sit in church and just stew over what the pastor was saying because I was like, oh, that's wrong. You're understanding that wrong. Oh, you, you believe it that literally. It's not literal. And for me, I think it was a good season to go through, but I, I miss community. I miss people um, and people who are actually interested in talking about this stuff. And I know that they do go to church. They are in church. Church isn't full of a bunch of robots. <laughs> you got to find the right church with the right people. But I'm actually excited. To uh, to to go back, kind of be going back to church. It's it's been good for me. 
and I'm at, at totally at a different level now and not sarcastic and you know I can take the good with the bad right with what what the pastor's saying and and I have a different perspective but community is important and when you find the right group of people no matter what it is like you need to find the right group of people especially if you're wrestling with a whole bunch of things um that community is what brings healing and wholeness even if you don't believe everything everyone's saying you you need to find people that are willing to have discussion and you need to approach that discussion without sarcastic quips without uh, cynicism and explore your journey at your own pace but it's important to do it positively and I um, posted this on Facebook like like I said I have some interviews with uh, Derek Webb coming up with David Bazan and when I spoke with David Bazan he almost started like interviewing me in a way and because I'd brought up my marriage, you know, my cynicism and my doubt, you know, was really stressing out the marriage and my conversations with my wife because I wasn't dialoguing in a constructive manner with her about the stuff. We had different, you know, disagreement about the resurrection and, you know, whether it was literal or not. And I had the idea from things that I've read and just my personal feeling was like, what if the resurrection wasn't literal? What if Jesus died? <laughs> the man died, right? But the resurrection was his teachings and his ideas. That's what was passed along to the disciples and that's what was spread, right? For, so for me, what I was saying was it didn't matter if the resurrection was literal or not. To me, a resurrection still did happen, that did change the course of humanity. I mean, you, you got you got to admit whether or not it happened, right? Jesus, the message of Jesus, changed a generation and changed the path of where things were going. They just changed the direction, right? Changed the timeline. So anyway, so we had we'd had this argument, right? And it got pretty heated. And I don't know if it was that week or or, or what around that time. And I wish I would have remembered this in talking to David Bazan, because I remembered that his song "Won't Let Go" had like had an emotional connection with me. And I remember at that when I was talking to David, all I remembered was, "Oh man, there's like a uh, an outpouring of emotion when I heard that song." And I couldn't remember why, right? And then the next morning, I'm in my car coming home from the gym, and I, you know, I'm I was like well, thinking about the song and and the conversation I had with Dave and. And I started turning on the song Won't Let Go. Who or what controls the fates of men? I cannot say. But I keep arriving safely home to you. And I humbly acknowledge that I won't always get my way. But darling, death will have to pry my fingers loose. I will not let go. I will not let go. 
I will not let go of you. I will not let go. I will not let go. I will not let go. Halfway through the song, I had the realization that this was a song that basically saved my marriage. So I just, it's in my car outside my house early in the morning a few days back, just crying in my car, remembering this. And I, I mean, I'll stumble if I try to remember this because I'll just probably break down crying, but, um, so what I, I what I posted on Facebook was that this song "Won't Let Go" was the song that saved my marriage, and um, the the song, the chorus "I Won't Let Go" was an affirmation that I wouldn't let my doubt and fear tear apart my my marriage, and from then on, I decided to channel my my doubt, my frustrations, uh, with you know, with religion, with my own path, trying to figure all this out, to try to change it into more of a positive discussion and exploration. And so at that time, I made a a turning point to really pursue this stuff positively and not let it tear me apart with anger and, and frustration. And that's the kind of the message, I think, moving forward with this podcast that that I think is very important because a lot of people don't know how to deal with their doubt and their frustration and you need to find a way to deal with it positively and find people that will uh, champion this journey. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I think that's, that's going to do it for this first diary. There's a lot more stuff I want to go into. A lot of kind of current event stuff happened, but this is all kind of I'm saving all this up for a future podcast. Um, there's there's things I want to talk. So we got so <clears throat> brief rundown of what we're doing for the next few weeks here. I have two more music podcasts to finish up. One interview with Derek Webb, interview with David Bazan. Those will be coming in the next two weeks. I'm trying to get a couple more artists. I do really want to talk to Michael Gunger. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's really hard to get hold of. The singer of the Smoking Popes is a worship leader now. And off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. Let's see if I can find it. I just messaged him on Facebook. Josh Caterer. And I really want to talk to him because he would be, because a lot of my stuff is people who have fallen away from their faith, right? T.W. Walsh um, got, kind of got wrapped into David Bazan's journey, but he was... Didn't really have a change of, of, of faith too much. Um, Derek Webb definitely fell away from what he believed or was always challenging his core Christian belief. And then David Bazan, we all know if you if you read about it, and you should read his story. Um, he fell away from, from Christianity pretty hard, and he's been trying to process that ever since. So it'd be nice to have somebody who went the opposite direction, right? Who went from no religion to a faith in God. And I want to hear, you know, 
I want to hear that perspective. So we'll we'll see if that works out. But in the meantime, I'm working on uh, a discussion with some people on uh, some women on on feminism, on being a strong woman in America, uh, being a strong woman of faith, and challenging all the stereotypes that have come up over the years, basically based from religion. You know, you've so there's a lot of things I want to talk to you, and I'm working on a, a couple episodes with that. And it's been an interesting week because of <laughs> we had a, a new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery, come uh, had a trailer for that come out, and people were complaining that there was it was too diverse, <laughs> like there wasn't enough white people in it. <laughs> and then we had a Wonder Woman screening where uh, the Draft House had only, invited only women, and all the dude bros went up in arms. <laughs> about a women only showing it's just so weird so there's this there's this all the stuff that I definitely want to explore in the next few weeks and if there's anything anything that any of you listening can bring to the table I would love to hear your thoughts and questions and things like that so hopefully this little diary was uh was worth it hopefully I can keep up with these and definitely if you listening and have questions or ideas or um suggestions on people I should talk to and things I should read. That's what this is for, right? This is me opening up the dialogue to you guys uh, in a more intimate way, I suppose. So thank you for listening. I'm going to finish my coffee and wake up and enjoy the rest of my weekend. I'll talk to all of you uh, next week here on the AXPX AXPX Diaries. And uh, otherwise, enjoy the podcast. I got some really, really great episodes coming up for you all. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm.